Good morning. Feel good Friday. Yay. <laughs> Happy days. Uh, I'm just looking at my fish. Chunk, he's a bit, oh, he's a bit more active. He was, he looked like he was a bit uh, sleepy there. I don't know if it's because the light's not on in his tank. We might be growing our pet number soon, so um, I have to make sure he feels loved. I hate, I hate, hated that fish. Killed all four other fish. Anyways, what has that got to do with anything? I have no idea. Good morning. There was no cream, so I had no coffee. So if my words are not quite awake yet, you know why. <laughs> um, feel good Friday, healing school. Friday, we'd like to, um, on this broadcast, I, I love to talk about healing. Because it's something that uh, I think Brother Hagen talked about it a lot when he, he used to read healing books. He used to read stuff about healing all the time. I mean, and, and he was a guy who got healed off the deathbed at like, oh, I can't remember how old he was, 16, 15, 16, something at a very young age. And then went straight into ministry and was somebody who preached healing all the way through. And uh, he still refreshed his mind he i think he used to read christ the healer by ff podcast every year I, I don't quote me on that but it, he read it regularly he said as christians we should always be looking into health and healing and i think that's really intri- intriguing um for for us i think there's so quickly life can get on top of us and the stresses of life can start to really affect our minds and then in turn affect our bodies. If you look at Dr. Caroline Lee's research on the mind, uh, toxic relationship, sorry, toxic thoughts she talks about and how we uh, allow, and, and just to show you a simple little silly illustration. Um, I heard a minister talk about it. I've written about this on my blog, um, how his dad would always moan at him when he'd drive his car, he said, well, son, why, why do I always have to fill up your tank? Or why do I always have to put petrol in? It's always empty. And the son said, well, I'm living by faith. You know, I, I, I've got to, you know, believe God for my petrol. And he said, well, it takes more faith to keep your tank full. And that revelation just hit me um, a couple of weeks back. And it's not, a, it's a silly, silly little thing. But I was telling someone yesterday, you fill up your tank in your car. And, and then fill it up every time it gets to halfway. There's absolutely no stress of you running out of fuel for your car. And in the past, it would be a case of, let's get in the car. It's on red light. Can I make it to the fuel station? So I'm constantly putting my mind and my body and my emotions under, it's only small possibly, but a little bit of stress and pressure. Now you mount that over years and, and it's also the same with like muscle, uh, tendons and your body and stuff like that. I have, I've had issues with 
not being able to be stretched because like from the back of your neck to the, the sole of your feet, there's like tendons and stuff like that. And they get wound up and wound up and wound up and wound up and, and think people's, you know, Achilles go and things like that pop and stuff like that because everything's so wound up so tight. And I went to a, a specialist just to, to get a sport, like a sports massage type thing. Cause I do a lot of sports, um, in, well, training. I used to do quite a bit of crossfitting. And so crossfit's quite an intense sport. I'm not by any means, you can tell I'm not a professional athlete, but um, it, he would tell the guy would say to me, "You need to do some yoga." For instance, not that I advocate yoga, but he was saying you need to do this because you are so tightly wound up. So if I do any kind of massive exercise, if and I've got to be careful what I say here, but my my body doesn't like being pushed because I don't. I, and I need to change this, and I'm aware of this. As I'm not trying to get out of anything, but I'm saying I need to spend time becoming flexible. I need to stretch my muscles. I need to stretch my tendons. I need to stretch all these kind of different things that are that are all, all, all whatever. I'm not a doctor or a scientist or anything like that, but I need to stay flexible in order to put myself under pressure. When I put myself under pressure and there's no flexibility, things break. And that's the same in the spiritual realm. We need to constantly be supple with our, our spiritual thinking and our spiritual art. We need to constantly be digesting the word of God and allowing it to stretch us and to increase our capacity. I was talking to someone yesterday about increasing our capacity. The Bible says we enlarge our tent pegs. There's a there's a, a an enlargement that we do. God will fill the space. It's like that woman who had the, the all the jars and filling up with oil. She never ran out of oil as long as she had more capacity to, to put that oil in. And then got the miracle stopped as soon as she ran out of pots. We're the same. The miracles in your life can only go up to a certain capacity. The amount of the spirit of God that flows through you can only go up to the capacity that you set. God's already paid the price. He sent his son. He's given us every spiritual blessing. He's given us every precious promise. He's given us all this stuff. It's not a sacrifice for me to pay a price to receive more of God. Because the price has already been paid. The finances are already in my back pocket to pay that price. I'm actually paying out of something that someone's given me. So it's not a sacrifice. I'm not losing anything because that stuff on the on the on the inside of me, the spiritual uh price that was paid by Jesus Christ and put on the inside of me is eternal. It's never ending. It's unlimited. So the more I give myself and yield myself to the word of God, to the spirit of God, the greater the capacity and the greater the ability God has is and he, is enable, he will enable you to achieve far greater. I hope that makes sense. I, it makes sense in my mind that we have this capacity that we set on the inside of us. But if we keep enlarging our tent pegs by just keeping the word of God, and what does this have to do with healing? See, if you don't stay supple with healing and keep it on the inside of you, see, the devil will hoodwink you with some small sickness and disease that you sit and put up with. We need to stay in a place where we never put up with sickness and disease. We never put up with poverty and lack. We never put up with depression. We never put up with bad feelings. We never put up with anything apart from what God has said we should have. We put up with him, don't we? 
We allow him into our lives. We yield to him. In fact, I want to put up with him more. I want to let him abide in my life more. I want to let him ab- live in my, my heart more and increase the capacity, the, knowing the length, the width, the height, and the depth of God, and knowing his love for me, and knowing him, and allowing him to fill me up with his fullness, so that I'm always stretching, so that I, when the pressures come, I am flexible, I am, I am, uh, I can take like a spring, I could take the pressure, but spring right back. It's not going to cripple me. It's not going to shake me. It's not going to jolt me. You see, when you have a building in an earthquake zone, don't they put special in, in California, place like, they build them in a special way and put special material in so they can work with the earthquake rather than just be so solid and stone and thing that when the earthquake comes, it just collapses the whole building. And you see that in other countries where they don't use these principles. So we have to be in a position where the word of God is so real in our heart, so full in our mouth, in our mind, that when the pressure comes, we are able to roll with the punches and give back, give back. The title of this message is Rise Above the Noise. Rise above the noise of circumstances. Rise above the noise of criticism, of persecution. Rise above the noise of of what the enemy would bring into our lives in any way, shape or form. There's a scripture uh, passage in Mark chapter 10, and I've got three points on, on this. But I'm going to start in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, that meaning Jesus and, and his disciples. And as Jesus and his disciples left, left town, a large crowd followed them. So just see what's going on. You, you might feel in your life that a large crowd is following you all the time. Your thoughts are bombarding you. Your you know depression, uh, stress, fear, trying to think of what how to get out of the situation you're in. The noise, and then you go to work, and then you have everyone chatting. They might be calling you names because you're a Christian, or they might just be just being mean to you, or they might be being incredibly nice. There's a lot of noise in this world, or you might have your device on 24 hours a day, just feeding off that noise, noise, everything just pressurizing you. A large crowd followed him. Jesus went in large crowds. I'm going to talk about another situation in a minute where Jesus was in a large crowd. And the people would press, would press toward him because he's the hero of the day. He's the man of the, power, of the hour. He's got the anointing. He's got the gift of God on the inside of for them to see. The, they're like, people were set free. People were set free of debts. People were set free of, of sickness and disease. People were healed. People had their lives changed. I think Mary Magdalene, got, I think it's, that's the right Mary, but she had seven demons cast out of her. And she just, her life was completely turned around. You think about the women of the, at, the, the, at the well who basically encountered Jesus and he knew everything about her. And then she told everyone else about him. And you can think about the demonic man that they crossed over the sea and then encountered and set him free. And then he was released into a ministry to preach about Jesus in that region. There's so much that God, Jesus was dealing with and encountering. And it's noise, noise, noise. People wanted to press in. They wanted the answer. And it says here, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. He was blind. He wasn't deaf. He had all his other senses. He knew what was happening. He knew something was going on. There was noise. When Bartimaeus heard, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank God he heard it. If he was blind, he would have seen it. 
And at that seeing, I believe that with your eyes, you can see and take on board faith. If you can't hear it with your physical ears, you can hear it with your spiritual ears. Let him that have ears hear, Jesus said. And he wasn't talking about physical ears. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, rise above the noise. That's not what he said, but I'm saying that's my title. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. Have you ever been in a position where you just want to get someone's attention, but it's not really protocol? You want to try and shout across a group of people to try and get their attention? You can get some funny looks, I'm sure. I don't think I've ever done it personally. But even if you, you just you, you, can, you can watch it on like a, a cricket match or a, or in a concert hall and someone sees somebody from the other side and they want to say, hey, Tim, Bob, Jill, John, Fred, it's me, hey, wave. And then people will look around and go, Who, who's that person shouting? They, they were a bit more aggressive. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. He got the attention of the Son of God. Is your faith, is your voice, is your hunger cry loud enough to get above the noise? Too many Christians are living in the noise of pressure and circumstance, and they're just going, Jesus, help me. Please help me. And they're not rising up on the inside. Does it have to be allowed? Shout in the natural? No, of course not. But it has to come from the bottom of your heart. And this man determined that he was going to get what Jesus had to offer. He heard that Jesus of Nazareth was there. And when they say Jesus of Nazareth, he knew it was the right Jesus that he wanted. He had heard about the miracles that were done in Capernaum and all these other places. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus commonly asks that question. What do you want? So you could cry out to God daily. God, help me. God, help me. But until you determine to come before him boldly as a believer. See, you're a believer. You're not a, you're not a doubter. You're not a, an unbeliever. You're not operating under the old covenant. You're a believer. You boldly walk into the throne room of grace. And you boldly proclaim. You boldly cry out, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm crying out. I'm crying out. I have faith. I believe. I'm asking for this specifically. What do you want? Jesus said. My rabbi, he called him Lord. The blind man said, I want to see. We call Jesus Lord and we want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. See, we, if we're not careful, we would preach that you're not allowed to cry out to God that you have to operate in faith you have to get the word of God but sometimes situations take you to a place of complete desperation for God and you need to cry out but that cry comes from a deepness of of knowing that he will hear you and your faith by that is released your faith has healed you and I love how he says here they called the blind man I missed this bit Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. So from one minute, the crowd telling him to shut up. The next minute, they're saying, cheer up. But what did Bartimaeus do? In his desperation, he threw aside his coat. And I'm told that that coat was uh, an, an identifier to what he was. 
a blind man. People, you have to, you know, you see people walking around with white canes nowadays and you, you can get determined or they might have a, a seeing eye dog. It was an identifier or he could have ended up, he might needed help getting home or something like that. And it identified, but he threw it away knowing that his cry was about to be answered. Are you, when you approach God, are you approaching in your disability, in your lack and in your need? Are you approaching him knowing that he hears your voice? You see, First John 5 says, we, we ask of him. We ask of him and we know that he hears us. You see, when you get in this word, when you are supple, like we were talking about before, when you are flexible, when you have the, you consume, get up, eat and drink, get up and eat of the word of God, drink of the, the spirit of God. If you are supple and you are moving together and flowing together and all of those things, you are beginning to, to receive from him and you cry out in desperation, but you cry out, throwing away your old identity, casting aside what, what you think that you once were because you know that my God is going to change the situation around. Rise above the noise. Cry out. Shout louder than you've ever shouted before and get in the face of God and say, I am not letting you go. Like Jacob was with the angel, I am not letting you go until you bless me. Moving on to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. I'll read the whole passage just for rather than explain it. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he felt at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her as she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. Oh. Jesus went with him and all the people followed crowding around him. A woman in this crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. This is where I'm getting to. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She'd got to be in a place where Bartimaeus was. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe for he thought to herself or she said to herself in the king james i think it is if i can touch his robe i will be healed immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him so he turned around the crowd and asked who touched my robe the disciples said to him look at his this crowd pressing around you how can you ask it the crowd was there again, pushing in, pushing in, trying to to, to just, just throng Jesus. Jairus had come down, the senior official, and getting him to move and shifting Jesus' mentality was dictating what Jesus needed to do next. Jesus had only just come across the sea. He'd only just healed a demonic situation and come back. And the minute his foot touched the ground, somebody else wanted him. There's more noise around Jesus again. And then and Jesus was almost protected from other people because he was on a mission for Jairus. But this woman, 
woman, he, she was with an issue of blood. She was unclean. She was supposed to go around making a lot of noise saying, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. And if she'd have done that, she would have stayed in a position of uncleanliness because everyone would have moved out of her way and Jesus would not have been able to do anything because this woman was saying she, what she was. She pushed aside everything that she was, that everything that she felt on the inside of her. She pushed it aside and said, if I can only just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. First, Bartimaeus cried out. And what did this lady do? She pressed in. She pressed in. She pushed through. She cried out on the inside of her with a heartfelt cry. But then she pushed in. She broke through. She pushed through the crowd. She pressed in and got a hold of his garment and received the healing power of God. She made a way where no way looked to be. And we say God will make a way. But sometimes you've got to make the way. You've got to press in. Sometimes you've got to get into the word of God. You've got to get the word of God inside you, the Holy Ghost overflowing you and believing that he, when you touch the hem of his garment, you will be made whole. How do you touch the hem of his garment? Now you get in the word. Where's the word? It's now you even in the, your mouth. We don't try and get up to heaven to touch his. And we're already in heaven anyways. Our positional authority is in heaven. We press in to the word of God. We cry out with the name of Jesus. We give praise to and thank God for what he has already done. We're like blind Bartimaeus. We've chucked aside our identity. We clothe ourselves in righteousness and we pursue with boldness the very place and presence of God where the healing power of God rises up the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within you, makes alive your mortal body. We cry out on the inside of our hearts, say, God, in the name of Jesus, I receive my healing. I'm crying out. I'm saying it. I'm declaring it i'm believing it my shout of praise my shout of victory is louder than the noise that is coming against me louder than the situation and circumstances that are coming against me everything that pushes against me i'm going to declare i'm going to raise a hallelujah even in the dark times i'm going to see through the dark times with the light of the glorious gospel that's in the face of jesus the knowledge that's on the inside of me of his glory and then if i can't do it that way if i can't just get to where i need to go I'm going to keep pushing through and I'm going to keep breaking through and I'm going to go through the crowd and I'm going to grab a hold of this word of God and I'm going to get it so on the inside of me that the very power of God is released to see my healing. Blind Bartimaeus cried out. And what does Jesus say? Your faith has made you whole. This woman pressed into the into the into the, the crowd and what did Jesus say? Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And then if we go to Luke 5, 17. Sometimes we need to cry out with a shout of praise. Sometimes we need to press into the word and into the spirit and deep, go into the, the deeper things of God. Your healing is yours. It's a fact. It's not something we're trying to get. But what we're trying to do or what we're will achieve by using our faith, by getting into these principles, by allowing the power of God to just flow. What we're going to do is create a place where our faith connects it. His grace and the overabundant supply that we can abound in, that we can just abundantly flow in and keep healing power of God operating in our body, that we just keep it mentally, just keep it flowing, keep it stirred up, stirring up the gift of God inside us. In, in, in 
Luke chapter 5, let's say verse, verse 17. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judah, as well as from Jerusalem. Noise, pressure. People wanted to pull for him, this great teacher in his home, teaching in his home. They'd all turned up. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. So quite often the noise will be there. The power will be there. The anointing will be there. But that doesn't mean anyone touches touches it. That doesn't mean everyone gets healed. That doesn't mean everyone. The people don't cry out. People don't press in. People just just let it wash all over them and just just are stubborn or they're or they're unknowledgeable. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. They don't know how to connect. Well, then then what happened? Some men carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. They couldn't cry out. He was too far away. They couldn't press through. They couldn't push through. They couldn't get in. They were carrying this, 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 this guy. Sometimes our problems are just too big. But he couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man onto the mat through the crowd right in front of Jesus. They didn't cry out. They didn't push through. They broke through. See, there's a power on the inside of the believer that breaks through every wall, every situation, every circumstance. It rises above the noise of the enemy. It rises above the noise of situations and circumstances and stress, and it breaks through. It takes the word of God and pummels the enemy. See, this is, ah, more, yeah. You see, we can cry out with a shout of praise. We can press into the word of God and get revelation. But sometimes we need to use the word of God out of our mouths. So it's on the offensive. So it breaks through the very pressures that surround us. They couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down in the crowd right in front of Jesus. And said, "And what it say here, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven you. And then he also went on. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go. You've cried out. You've shouted. You've got into from that place of desperation to a place of praise. You cried out and you've made your voice heard. Jesus has heard you. And then you've pressed through the crowd. You've pressed through the situation, the circumstances. You've pressed through what your mind is saying. you pressed through and got the word of God before your eyes. And you've digested it. You've meditated on it. And then you've released it out of your mouth. And you caused breakthrough to happen. You see, we're to walk on this earth as Jesus walked on. Paul said to be imitators of God. We're to imitate him. We're to speak him. God answered every single person. You see, we, we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful and not put so much like, you know, you're you're weak and you're you're late, you're you're down there. You have to you, you change everything about you to get God to hear. You know, you just gotta do simple, simple things like cry out, like press in, like break through. And Jesus said to every single one of them, Your faith has made you whole. These guys. It wasn't the faith of the man on the paralyzed bed that made him home. He saw their faith. You could argue that he was included because he, he was obviously not resisting. But this guy could have been just too 
sick or too much in pain to cry out. But the other people broke through and took, you could preach this so many different ways. You know, someone that you might have to take somebody that is down and out and help them and push them into a place and break through for someone else. See, that's what we do as believers. When we're walking and operating this, we bring other people up and we break them through. We, we make a way for them to get to Jesus. We make a way for that per- that, you're, that individual to connect to Jesus. See, this man had, didn't have to do anything. He didn't cry out. He didn't press in. But he was carried in with a breakthrough anointing by other people's faith. We can operate that way. That's what, the, what, what do you think the body of Christ is created for? We're not here to get our own needs. We're here to be a part of a local church. We're here to be part of a local body. We're here to be part of something that is creating breakthrough anointing for other people outside of the four walls of the church. So that when the church is meets together as a gathering, the anointing rises up. And then we go out and we bring back people to see breakthrough brought into their lives i am desperate to see other people come into the same power and the same reality that you and i can walk in that you know the power and the the victory that we just take for granted as believers that we just put it on the shelf and pull it off when we need it we say oh well god i'm doing fine right now i don't need to confess victory i don't need to confess healing i'm all right right now i'm fine well see that's not how it works you see you keep yourself topped up in the word of god don't let yourself run dry it goes to that fuel gauge system that i was talking about you constantly run your car at a red red line and not always aware of how much fuel you've got in your car you're always under pressure to just kind of get through to get filled up again get through no it takes more faith to stay full all the time get your faith level to a place where you keep the fuel in your car full and keep your spirit full of the word of god so that when someone pulls from it jesus did it when the power of god came from him what would he do he would go and spend more time with the father he'd go spend all night praying if necessary he would spend time in the Father staying full. We must stay full and live out of the overflow. Our finances must be living from the overflow. Don't keep running your money down. Don't keep, if you're in that place right now, use your faith to get to a place where you're half full. Use your faith to get to a place where you are full and then use your faith to get to an overflow. Because when you're in the overflow, you can meet every single need around you and your needs aren't even scratched. The surface for you is not even be scratched because you've met the needs of other people. I'm not going to be embarrassed by how much money I have, how much prosperity I have, how much victory I have, how much healing I have, because that is the very nature of God to be in a position where you are completely full so that your overflow affects the world around you. The light of a lighthouse isn't for the lighthouse. There are light, there is lighting in the lighthouse for the people who live, but the light on the top of the lighthouse is not for the lighthouse keeper. It's to protect the, the shore and protect the boats against collision. It's shining out. We are to be like a city on a hill shouting out, we're here. We're here. Come drink with us. Eat with us. Live a lifestyle that is full to overflowing, full to abundance, and full in victory. Healing and health is yours. You are a believer. You are not a doubter. 
You are someone who confesses the word and meditates on the word and lives to the full of the word, that the word of God just bubbles up outside you and is anointed by the spirit of God to break yokes, to destroy burdens, to put people in a place where they're carrying the lightness of Jesus Christ. The burden that Jesus has is light. It's fresh. Ooh, I'm getting emails. I'm going to leave it there. Our time has come to an end. But just remember this. The cry of faith represents boldness. The pressing in of faith re represents resilience. The breaking in of faith represents endurance. You keep going. You break through. You press in. You're resilient to anything that surrounds you. You cry out with boldness. Remember that scripture in the Amplified in 1 John 5. We have a privilege of boldness. Have a great weekend. Go to church. If your church isn't open, maybe go to one that is. Have a great day. Enjoy the presence of God. Serve in your local church. Support your pastor. Tithe. Have a great day. Have a, have a wonderful day. Because it's Feel Good Friday. Divine health is yours. If you need healing, believe for it. Receive it. Confess it. And walk in it today in the name of Jesus. Have a great day. I will see you next week.